Hello, love. Thank you for joining me today. I have an amazing conversation to share with you. My guest is human design and intuition coach, Cindy Regier. Talking with Cindy honestly blew my mind. She helps people eliminate stress and confusion in their business, relationships, and families by leveraging the power of human design. Cindy gives us an incredible overview of what human design is, the magic behind it, and how it can help us all live more fulfilled and happy lives. So many people struggle with living in true alignment with themselves, and that's going to look very different for each and every one of us because we're all unique. So Cindy helps break down the intricate world of human design for us and sets a foundation for us to learn more. She provides private human design readings, so if you want to dive deeper with her to learn how you can leverage your human design to attract more money and satisfaction into your life, definitely connect with her. Okay, let's begin. You are listening to the School of Female podcast with me, your host, Carmen Doucette. I'm a proud girl mom, communications expert, and self-proclaimed introverted go-getter who appreciates a daily dose of personal development and a strong cup of coffee. I'm on a mission to help you live well and up-level your life. Think of this podcast as your weekly dose of girl talk that will leave you inspired, motivated, and equipped with the strategies you need to live a life you love. Each week, I invite you to join me as I sit down with badass women who are living passionate lives and who are going after what they want. They'll be sharing with us their expertise as well as their advice on living well and how you can do the same. I believe that as women, we need to stop competing. When we learn from each other, we can reach our fullest potential. Because at the end of the day, we're all in this together and we're all just figuring it out as we go. So leave it with me to also bring you what I've learned over the years, what's worked for me and what hasn't to help you live life to the fullest. And just a heads up, I've been known to drop the occasional F-bomb. So if you appreciate authenticity and real talk, this podcast is for you. Thank you so much for pressing play today. Let's get started. Hello, Cindy. Hello, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. My pleasure. I always love talking about human design. (laughs) I'm so excited to just jump into this with you. So I have recently just scratched the surface of human design. I have a very high level understanding. I feel like most of my listeners either have no idea what the hell we're talking about or have like an idea, but they don't really know what their human design is or really what the power of it is. Um, So let's just dive in. What is human design? Yes. Awesome. So starting for anyone who's brand new to human design, it's only been around for about the last 40 years. So the system of human design is actually fairly new, right? If we look at astrology, which has been around for a long time, human design is a newer system. So it's just now becoming sort of a household term or a business term that we're hearing on social media platforms. So what it is, is a combination of four different scientific systems. So it includes astrology, quantum physics, the Kabbalah or the I Ching, and the chakra system. So those four kind of ancient systems put together is what creates your human design chart. So it has all these components tied in, 
but it's very um, specific to you. So when we hear like, I'm a Pisces, I'm a Gemini, I'm a Capricorn, right? As our astrology, that can leave a lot of gray area, a lot of vagueness. So combining mm. the chakra system with the shadow work and kind of the genetic work of the I Ching, and then we've got the quantum physics energy realm, and we have astrology, which is the specific birth time and planets, right? We have our sun and moon, that kind of thing. It's all together. So it's super, super specific. So that's what human design is, is it's those four um, systems combined together. Now you don't have to do these calculations yourself. Um, and we can talk about that in a little bit, but there is a link yeah. in my file. There is a website. You can even just Google human design chart, and then it's a free chart. You can enter in your birth information and it does the calculation for us. So we don't have to do all the work. The confusing part can be how to interpret the chart. And that's where experts or readers can help break some of that down. Yeah. Right. Okay. And for anybody who has seen a human design chart, who's not an expert like yourself, they do look totally overwhelming. Like you don't know what the hell you're looking at. (laughs) Um, I'd love to just back up briefly. I know that this, this interview obviously is all about human design, but you mentioned those four systems, a couple of them like that, that make up human design. A couple of them I've never heard of. Are you able to just quickly touch on each one of those? Like what exactly are they? Yeah. So astrology, right. We know is the planetary system. So when we came into this earth, when our soul was incarnated into our human, that's like, where were the planets when we were born? Right. So that's the astrology side, the one most people are familiar with. Um, Then Mm -hmm. we have quantum physics, which is more just to do with like your timelines, manifestation, the energetic realm right? Where it's some things like we're talking auras in human design, the energy types are referring to our auric fields. So that's where the quantum physics realm comes in. Then we have the Kabbalah or the I Ching. So the Chinese I Ching is this book of basically shadow work. It has to do with our genes and our DNA and sort of the ancestral trauma that we carry with us in our human humanness. Um, so that's diving deeper. And so in human design, you'll see numbers inside of all of the different centers. Okay. So there'll be different shapes, different colors. And then within that, you're going to see numbers. Those are your I Ching gates. And when those numbers have a red or a black circle around them, it just highlights that those are patterns or shadows that you're going to be witnessing more frequently. So we all have all 64 gates, but different people have different ones highlighted, different purposes, different things they're meant to experience. So that's the uh, Kabbalah I Ching. And then the last one is the chakra system. So this it mimics the centers and the chakra system. So we have our Ajna center, our head center, our throat center, our G center, our heart center, et cetera. There's nine centers in human design and they mimic mm-hmm. the same as the chakra system. So that's where we talk about having defined and undefined centers, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And I think too, that kind of answers my question in terms of, you know, and it's kind of like what you were saying, like with our horoscopes, Mm -hmm. okay, like I'm a Capricorn, so are a million other people. So (laughs) human design, really, like if somebody's listening right now, it's like, all right, that sounds great. But like, what's really the benefit of it? Like, what's the purpose? It's so individually tailored, right? Um, And we as, as you said, you can go online, you can get a free chart, um, based on your birthday. So like 
day, year, and time, right? Yep. And the month. Yep. Right. Yes. Oh my God. And then you also have to put your place of birth and that's just more or less to make sure the time zone is accurate, right? So if you're born in um, Canada, Ontario versus if you're born in Arizona, right. Or Australia, right. you just, you'll, it'll also ask you, but you can't proceed unless you have all that filled out. So again, it, you'll, it'll prompt you as to what you need, but yeah, birth, month, okay. time, year and birthplace. Yeah. Okay. And that's all you need to get your chart. And then that will tell you what your human design is. Yeah. But to kind of get into your chart and really interpret it and understand it on a granular level, an yeah. expert like yourself comes in very handy. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I've been so, design for four years, right? It takes a long time to understand and break down all the different layers because human design is a very layered, intricate system and you can use it at a surface level. Okay. That's great. Fun to know. Just like I'm a Pisces, right? Or we right. can take it to a deeper level, truly integrate this stuff and watch like huge shifts happen when we're into alignment, right? So the depth of which you want to go into is completely up to you. I find when you truly integrate it, that's when you see the the fireworks popping off. (laughs) Right, exactly. And I feel like human design is one of those things, like ever since I I discovered just recently, um, like this past fall, what it even was, it finally clicked for me. I don't know if anybody else has had this kind of situation, but in the past, when something has happened or I've done something, good or bad, I'll just say like, oh, that's just the way I'm wired or, oh, that's just the way I am. I I like couldn't really put words to it, but I just felt like that's just how I am. And I didn't have an answer for it. And I feel like human design is that answer. Like that is why we act the way we act. And it's just so fascinating. So uh, you just touched on it briefly, but so you've been, um, you've been learning so much about human design the past four years, but how did you actually get involved with it? Like, how did you kind of stumble upon it? Yeah. So I started out just like most women um, in my kind of entrepreneurial life, starting out as a life coach, intuition coach. I found human design through another human design expert. Um, She was also in London and that's aligned by design with Amy Elizabeth. She's an amazing coach. And so she's like a luxury brand human design coach, which is really cool, right? Because the thing with human design is there can be a lot of coaches but they're using it in different aspects, right? So for myself, relationships, business, and parenting is where I focus. For some people, right, it's scaling their businesses. For other people, it's digestion and nutrition. So that's also the fun part is whatever areas you're wanting to dive into, human design is a tool that you can sort of follow your own path on as well, right? The system stays the same, but what you're wanting to learn or get out of it that can change. So through my own journey, I was seeking alignment and just self-understanding, right? I always found astrology cool. Yes, I'm a Pisces. I'm emotional and sensitive. I'm intuitive. I get it. But when I found human design, I'm actually a manifestor energy type, and we will talk about all the energy types. And so I actually only make up 8% of our population. So when I started to unravel that, right, I was like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. How my aura interacts with my partner, my boyfriend, who I've been with for 12 years, my family, my siblings, because they're both different energy types, um, even as each other. And so, yeah, so when I realized, oh my God, like this common denominator, as I started diving through the layers of 
you know, there's things that I bring to the table energetically that I wasn't aware of that were causing certain things, not good or bad, but just specific patterns or specific things in relationships or in family dynamics or even in business. And it wasn't until I found human design that it was that last piece to the puzzle. It was like, oh my God, everyone needs to know about this. It was almost like instantaneous alignment. And of course we always have to realign and realign, but I just fell in love, I always say, with human design. So just through my own personal development journey, then obviously I went through some different coaches and certifications and kind of dove into it over the last four years um, to become an expert and a reader now. That is so cool. That's so cool. And I agree. Like, why the hell haven't we learned about this before? I feel like it's a huge missing piece that would really answer a lot of our questions. Like when it comes to just the, yeah, like why we behave and act certain ways, why certain things trigger Mm -hmm. us. Like, yeah, that's just so fascinating. So I feel like we have so much to dive into. Um, (laughs) and you meant, you did mention, so you really like focusing with, um, your human design readings on how it can help improve like your business, um, your parenting. Um, So how else can it, 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 oh, and relationships. Yes. So I guess that I just answered my own question there. Like how can it improve our daily lives? It's really like limitless. Like it can improve it in every single way. Um, Just like anything, right? The integration piece. We have to remember that we can take in information in our head But if it's like a book that we read and we put on the shelf, we're not going to see as much transformation as if we really every day try to dive into and align with that. And once you've had a reading, you kind of get the foundations of where to start with it. It's not huge things. They're just one degree shifts, right? They're just tiny kind of realignment things we can do, doing things in a better way. And the fun part is we're in alignment with our own energy. So it feels good. It's not like we're trying to right. put on this shoe that doesn't fit or trying someone else's way. It's your way, right? And that's why I love coaching with human design because how I coach a projector energy type versus a manifester versus a generator or a manifesting generator, it's so different, right? Because you guys are all different. Yeah. Right, right. Okay, so say yeah, so- if somebody goes online right now yeah. or after after they listen to this episode, they find out what their human design is. Do you want to just dive into like the different energy types? Yeah. And And I realized before I do that, I just want to back up Mm. for the benefits as well. Right. So I was saying with coaching is one benefit, but I forgot to mention with kids and relationships, it, that's why I love doing family readings or relationship readings because Mm -hmm. with a couple, like, again, my boyfriend and I've been together 12 years. I'm a manifester. He's a generator, right? We happen to have the same profile, which is actually kind of not common, um, but our centers are very different. Usually we're attracted to someone who's opposite, right? They say opposites attract. And in human yes. life, it's called the science of differentiation. So it's actually like exactly how that sounds. We're different. And when we come together, we complete the other person usually energetically. So when I get readings from these couples, there's often these areas where they're butting heads, where they're either so similar right? Or there's vastly different and they think the other one is wrong. They think their way is the right way, which it is for them. So cool. That's hilarious. Relationship <laughs> to just kind of, and the fun part is sometimes it can be both partners. I have had men that are into this open-minded and they really enjoyed the reading. Other times it can just be the one partner, right? The one, whether it be woman or male, doesn't matter. Um, and then I record them so the partner can listen to it if they desire to in their own time but you're still learning how they operate. You're still learning how to communicate better with them and how they work different than yourself. 
And same with children. If you have an emotionally defined child or a child with a defined ego and you are open in those centers, you're going to have a hard time understanding the emotional kind of and stubbornness of that child. So yeah, there's so many benefits when it comes to relationships in general. Wow. I'm like dumbfounded right now. So I have (laughs) my oldest, my oldest daughter is two and a half and like, we're right at the, well, not the peak, but like, we're right in the thick of the stubbornness, like Mm -hmm. the emotions. And, you know, of course, toddlers, they have a hard time communicating their emotions. And when something doesn't go their way or what have you, um, I feel like this is just huge. Like this would benefit parents so much. Um, and that's just parenting. Can you like, this should be a prerequisite before you get married, right? Oh, Hey, (laughs) here's this human design reading. It's really going to help you guys out. Like this is just fascinating. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. And it just, it's so tangible. That's what I love. Like when you first look it up, it can be overwhelming. You might can see that you may mm-hmm. be able to see the differences, but a reading, right. We condense it into an hour. If they're individual readings where it's like, we go through all the aspects, we break it down, how to integrate it. You can ask questions of how it specifically ties into what you're working through. Right. It's a lot of fun. And then same with relationships. We can, we can look at all the the differences. So it's super fun. So we will answer though, the question you had asked about the different energy types now that I've mentioned a couple of them a few times. So there are five different energy types in human design. And as I mentioned before, this is referring to the aura. So most people, especially if you're a spiritual entrepreneur have heard the word aura before, but we don't really know what that means other than it's kind of like some people can see auras, right? Different colors. In human design, we're talking more about how your aura interacts with one, the universe and like how we use law of attraction, how we create and two, how we interact with each other, right? So when two different auras come together. Okay. So the first aura type is called a generator. Okay. And a generator is the same as a manifesting generator. So I believe you said you were a manifesting generator. That is the same auric type. It's just that a manifesting generator makes up 10% out of the 80% that generators make up of our population. So the biggest and most common auric type is the 80% of our population who are generator energy types. Out of that 80%, we have the manifesting generator, which makes up about 10, okay, out of that 80. Okay. (laughs) So this gets a little confusing for people. So I like to just be clear on that for those manifesting generators. So they know that you're a generator auric type still. Any information you read, you're reading for the generator, okay? Okay, that's so helpful. Yeah, the manifesting term basically means you're an accelerated learner. You may pick things up faster. You may be a little busier than the, the normal generator energy type, but you're still a generator, okay? The aura works the same way. It's just you have like this energizer bunny side or this ability to kind of move a little faster. That's where the manifesting. Yes, you're like speaking my love language. Like, yes, yeah. I totally, totally yeah. understand. Sometimes it feels like people can't keep up to you, right? It's like, come on, move faster, like, let's go. So the generator has what's called an open and enveloping aura, 
So it means that you're the magnet, you're the center of that aura, and you are drawing things towards you every day, all day. This can be people, this can be opportunities coming towards you, right? Law of attraction, we're always attracting, but you guys have a very open aura. So if you're trying to hustle and force and chase after things, you're actually misusing that aura or not using it to the benefit that you could because you guys are meant to be open and leaned back and be more observant of what is naturally being drawn towards you and how your body's responding to that thing rather than trying to force and hustle and chase something that's not really in alignment. And typically when a manifest or sorry, when a generator is doing that, it doesn't feel good. They tend to feel frustrated and burnt out. And in human design, when we're out of alignment, every energy type has what's called a not self theme. And for uh, generators and many gens, it's frustration. So that's the red flag that we're not using our energy to our, to our advantage, basically. Right. So open and developing, you could have people say things like, you're so easy to talk to. You're easy to get along with. You're so friendly. I feel like I've known you forever generators and many gens, which make up again, 80% are the friendly kind of positive people that are easy to be around. And you guys are very social, right? Back in kind of history, we would see these more as the people who built things were the generators. Now we're okay. fast forward to 2021 and the generators have realized we don't have to use our energy for other people, right? I don't have to plug myself into a nine to five. I could create something that I actually love. And that's what the signature is satisfaction. So when a generator is using their energy properly, they feel satisfied. Right. So we're starting to see this shift now where people are becoming entrepreneurs because this the population starting to realize, like, I don't want to work nine to five. I don't want to drain my energy and feel burnt out and frustrated. Right. So that's wow. My mind is blown. My mind is blown. Yes. I resigned from my job two months ago. Yeah. Like so many other people, I think COVID has been a huge wake up call, but like, yep. oh, God damn, we talk about COVID. It always comes up, but like, yep. it's just, yeah, like that's, it's been like the huge wake up call, like global yep. wake up call. Right. Absolutely. And the fact that you said generators make up 80%. Yeah. Well, friggin' it makes no wonder then. And that makes yeah. like total sense. That's yep. so and interesting. And then we look at AI, right? We look at artificial intelligence, which is eventually going to be able to do some of those, you know, monotonous draining jobs so that we mm-hmm. free up our life force energy to create and to build things we like, right? That's where we're heading, that more feminine energy world where it's not so much hustle, 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 work, 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 burnout, 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 right? Right. <laughs> so more of a flow. Yes. Yeah. So we'll talk about strategies after we talk about energy types, but you guys have what's called the defined sacral, which if you're looking at your chart, it's the red square that's second from the bottom. And this is called your gut response. So this means that when your aura is bringing all of these things to you, your body is naturally going, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-uh, uh-uh. It's responding to what it likes and what it doesn't like automatically. It's called a, like a visceral or a guttural response. I always say babies when they're tasting food is the perfect example of how this works because they will go, uh-huh, uh-huh, and they want more, or they'll like make the face pull away <laughs> and they'll go, uh-uh. So it's like we know and when we're born, we have this automatic gut response and gut feeling of what is good for us, what we like, and what we want more of, and what we don't like, and what we don't align with. 
Then conditioning comes in and we teach kids to finish their plate, even when they're full, to eat their vegetables, even if they hate them, right? Like those little things. Yes, there is a point where we have to parent children, but we also have to remember that there is a time where their body is speaking to them and we want them to trust that from a young age, right? That gut feeling, because how many times have you heard people say, I should have trusted my gut. My gut said not to do it and I did it or vice versa. And that's the sacral. That's the sacral telling you and kind of leaving you breadcrumbs of, uh-huh, that's in alignment. Uh-huh, that's in alignment. Uh-uh, don't have the energy for that. So it's just truly coming out of the mind and tapping into that, right? It's like the easiest thing, but the hardest thing at the same time. Yes. Yes. And I think too, like so many times in life, like just thinking about that you know, we think, oh, I should be doing this or I, oh, I, I should be doing this, but it's like in your gut, it's like, you don't want to, it's like, we've all just finally hit a point where it's like, no, I don't want to fucking do it. I'm not going to do it. Like, and that's exactly what you're saying. Unfortunately for kids, a lot of the time it's their parents. Um, I know fault of our own, but, but bringing that into their, into their world too, because it's just kind of, you know, what, what we know, but Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's an example of how that feels and looks in your body. So a way to tap into that for generators and many gens is to ask yourself yes or no questions, right? Instead of saying, what do I want to launch next? If we're talking about a business, that's an open-ended question. That's going to make your mind create an answer. If you give yourself two options, like, do I, do I feel like launching this or that, or one at a time, do I feel like launching this? And then you get an aha excitement or you get an eh, kind of flat, right? So when you can break it down to just those yes and no questions or this and that, it makes it easier. An example is if I'm a friend of yours and I want to take you out for dinner, right? Let's go out for dinner. If I say, where do you want to go? You're going to go, um, if I say, Hey, would you rather go here or here? Your gut is going to be able to answer that probably within a split second or close to that, right? Rather than that open-endedness. So it's just okay. trick yeah. for, the man, uh, for the generators and many gens is yes and no, this and that, because that's kind of how that automatically works. Okay. That's right? so helpful. Yeah. Yes. It's like when you have that kind of old thing where you rapid fire ask questions and it's to bypass the mind, right? So it works the same way for, for generators. Okay. Yeah. So the next energy type is a manifester. So nothing to do with manifesting generator, a manifester is its own aura. Okay. And that's what I am. So manifestors make up eight to 9% of our population back again, if we're referring to in history, the manifestors would have been more like the leaders, the rulers, they're here to sort of start projects, to initiate things, to have ideas, but not necessarily have the follow through. So it could be more like a CEO or someone who says, okay, we need to do this, this, and that. And then the generators kind of follow through. So it doesn't mean that I can't follow through with anything. It just means that I'm more designed to have the idea, initiate it. And then for my business, it would be like having a VA or a small team would be perfect to delegate anything energetically that I maybe am not really lit up by. Right. And it works the same for generators, but for manifestors, Our energy works more in bursts and urges. It's like a hurricane. We kind of come in hot and then we need to rest. And then we come in hot and then we need to rest. So we need more downtime. And a manifestor's energy actually is more like a bowling ball. So it's called a repelling aura. And it doesn't mean repelling like off-putting. It means repelling like if you put on mosquito repellent and it creates a barrier, like a 
a, right, a dome around you, that kind of, yeah. and that it's designed again to initiate and to start things. So it's kind of like energetically pushing obstacles out of the way, which is why they make great leaders typically, because they can get things going. They can start things. Now, an example of manifestors, so an example of a generator, sorry, would be Oprah Winfrey, Ellen DeGeneres, Kevin Hart, and Tony Robbins. Those are generators. And then okay. a manifestor would be um, Donald Trump, President Bush, Jennifer Aniston, right? So totally different energy types, a little bit more intense, a little bit more in your face sometimes, right? With this manifestor whether you're a Trump fan or not, right? He's a perfect example of a kind of misaligned manifester where he's not following his strategy. He's just initiating. He is just going hard like a bowling ball and kind of destructing whatever he wants to, right? Or we look at President Bush where a, a war happened, right? So initiating something. It doesn't have to be good or bad, right? The human mind wants to put labels on people and labels on things. It just, right. it, it just is. And we all play a role in how we're meant to make our impact, right? So you can be an in alignment generator or an out of alignment generator or an in alignment manifester or out of alignment, right? At our highest nature, we're all peaceful and good, but we can always have these shadow work, right? These things that we're unaware of. So as a manifester, big energy here to impact, here to influence, tend to be leaders, right? I'm a coach. I, I, we like those things. We like to kind of lead the way or have or start projects, right? Get the ball rolling. Now, for a manifester, we do not have what's, what's called the sacral center. So we're not like a generator where we don't have a gut response. So oftentimes, this 8% of the population that are manifestors, they know they're powerful, they know they have these big ideas, but they don't trust themselves because their decision-making process is in a different part of their body. So when someone says, trust your gut to a manifester, well, they go, oh, I'm just indecisive. I don't know. I don't trust myself. I don't okay. make decisions because they don't know what that gut response feels like. And the funniest thing with my boyfriend and I is he has the gut response. I don't. So my biggest thing is, um, like, let me think on it because I'm an emotional inner authority. And we'll talk about inner authorities as well in a, in a minute, but I make my decisions after I ride an emotional wave. So I don't have that clear cut answer. I'm meant to take more space and time before I make a decision. So knowing that takes the pressure off me and I can now trust and tap into my own process rather than feeling indecisive and being like, oh, what's the point? I can't trust myself, right? Because if we don't trust ourselves, it's very hard to run a business, right? It's very hard to be in a relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's yeah. the manifester energy type. Okay. And that's why, right. because they don't have that sacral giving them energy, that's why they kind of go, go, go. And then they rest, they go, go, go. And then they rest a lot of times for manifestors, they have defined throats where they always have defined throats. And so it's when they speak things into existence, that's kind of where they wear out their energy. So then again, they need to sort of retreat to rebuild that stamina. Okay. Okay. Um, the next mm. energy type would be a projector and projectors are more like a sniper aura and they make up about 11%. Now these percentages are rough because it is changing more where we have more projectors and reflectors in our society and we have less manifestors and generators. So it is changing because we're almost like we're done the building phase where now we need more guidance, right? And that's where projectors come mm. in. So using presidents again, President Obama was a projector. So it's a softer energy. It's more of a wise energy 
energy and projectors are able to separate themselves emotionally from a situation and be more of like that guidance counselor, that leader, but from a calm place, right? We had no drama <laughs> at that point. It was this calm leadership from a, from a different energy, right? It's a much softer energy. Now, the strategy, and again, projectors do not have that sacral defined, so they need more rest. They do need more self-care because of that. And for them, the strategy we'll talk about in a minute is to wait for the invitation. So because they have this sniper-like aura, they can be a little intense with their wisdom, with their guidance. It's that friend who gives you the advice when you didn't ask, right? That's the projector. They're like, well, I'm just trying to help. I just thought you should know. Well, I didn't ask for your opinion, so don't give it to me. So if a projector is not waiting to be asked or like, again, like President Obama was voted in. So he was asked for his opinion, his guidance worked out energetically. But if you're that projector right. and you're just spewing out your opinions, you're going to meet a lot of resistance because you're just, you're designed to get right to the heart of that other person, but that can feel vulnerable, right? So projectors, right, are really here to get to the heart of the problem, to get to the heart of the other person, but we just want to make sure we're waiting for the invitation for that. Okay. Right. So yes. And like, it's funny that you right. say that because I have, I have a really good friend who is a projector. Yeah. Um, she knows more about human design than me, but after this episode, I might trump her. I'm not sure. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> But she always says that because I'll go to her for advice and she'll always kind of preface it by saying like, I'm not trying to project onto you, but like, this is what I, this is what yeah. I feel. And it's like, no, I'm coming to you because of that. Yeah. Like, yeah, Absolutely. it's totally, you just hit the nail on the head. It's so funny how that works. Yeah. And projectors, just like manifestors are here to initiate, um, generators are here to master and to build, projectors are here to guide. So they still are here to, um, you know, build and do things they love. They can still be entrepreneurs. It's just they need more pleasure, more play, more fun. They're just a, a bit more of a sensitive energy type, okay? Where manifestors okay. still have a bit more kind of oomph behind them a, a projector is really like four to six hour days is ideal if you're a projector and you're working eight 10 12 hour days it's you're gonna really start getting resentful and sort of bitter that's the not self theme for a projector is bitterness so if that's starting to come up it's like you got to tap into the pleasure and the play and sort of you know back off a little bit that feminine energy okay yeah. And for manifestors, it's anger and peace. So anger is your kind of someone's getting in your way, right? Like that bowling ball you're trying to initiate, you're trying to go. And then if anger is coming up, you're not informing, you're not kind of telling people what you're going to do. And we're going to dive into the strategies in a second. But the last energy type is a reflector. A reflector is completely undefined. They have a completely white chart and they have what's called a Teflon aura. And it's here to sample energy and reflect it back to us. Now, the cool thing is reflectors only make up 1% of our population. So very, very Damn. rare. Yes, I have not done a ton of, of reflector readings. I've done a few, but they're very rare. So I love when I get them. And then my nephew, who is nine, he's actually a reflector as well. So again, they're not really like, they can feel indecisive and overwhelmed because they don't have a lot of discernment of who am I? What, who, what do I bring energetically? Because they're almost just sampling and reflecting. They're like the shapeshifters. Now they are the hardest... Um, energy type to condition because they are designed to sample energy. So their Teflon aura almost protects them from that conditioning. They just kind of like, this is me, take it or leave it. However, they do have to be mindful that they have a very unique process. But 
1%. So yeah, it'd be interesting to know if anyone here is a reflector. Um, That's so, so cool. Yeah. yeah. So those are the five energy types. Does that all make sense? Yes. Yes. I guess too. Okay. So I'm going to ask about manifesting generators again, because I'm just selfish and that's, I know yeah, that that's what absolutely. I am. Um, so you said that it's the generator energy type yeah. that the manifesting generator pulls from what, yeah. it, and then, so what's the manifesting part of that? Like, are you going to get into that with the strategy? So in human design, we have nine centers. And when the throat is defined, it makes you the manifester when it's hooked up to a motor and there's no sacral center. Okay. There's no red square. When you have the okay. red square and the throat defined, you're a manifesting generator because you now have that sacral center and the manifester channel it's called or the manifestor center so the manifesting part means that your aura operates as open and enveloping you don't have like the bowling ball aura but you have the ability to manifest really quickly when you're in alignment such as the manifestor does by speaking things into existence yes okay that cool makes that makes sense <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's really cool yeah. So the manifesting part, a lot of some coaches do teach that a manifesting generator is a hybrid of the two. I don't like to teach that way because then it means that you would have to inform as your strategy and that's not in alignment. You're meant to have the strategy of waiting to respond. And with that note, we'll talk about strategies because <laughs> I keep referencing. Yeah, let's, so let's do it a, for sure. Yeah, with a, every energy type, there's a strategy that helps that aura type operate with ease. Okay. So being a generator or a mani gen manifesting generator, your um, sacral is always responding, right? Uh-huh. Uh-uh. I like it. I don't like it. I have energy. I don't have energy. So your strategy is to wait for the response. It's to wait and tune in to see what lights you up and what doesn't, and then to follow the path that lights you up and unplug from the things that you don't want to do. Now we have to obviously use discernment. We have to pay our bills. We have to do some things, but we want to try to plug more into the yeses and less into the no's, right? That's just the goal is to try to have more of the things that light us up, the less of the things that drain the energy. But the strategy is so simple. Wait to respond. Don't chase. Don't hustle. Watch what's coming to you and see where the path is. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, now, there are emotional generators, which I'll talk about after I go through the strategies where they're um, their strategy has a bit of a twofold part, but if you're a pure generator where it's your inner authority says sacral, you're just waiting to respond and following the yes. For a manifester, you're wanting to inform people. Now you're not asking permission because you are, you want to use your own discernment as a manifester. You don't want to be a people pleaser. You don't really want to care what people think. You're meant to be bold and powerful and just be you, whether it, some people are going to like you, some people aren't right. We can see that in the people I mentioned, that's not the point. You have to just be authentic and your people will be your people. But right. when you're in relationships or when you have coworkers or things like that, you have to inform people of what you're going to do before you do it. Because when you move, you send ripples through the energetic field. I can just quickly mm -hmm. get up off the couch and my boyfriend goes, whoa, 
it's literally like this energetic, like shift, this energetic ripple. And for a long time, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand that I, my aura has big impact, good or bad, whether I'm aware of it or not, my energy impacts people. So when we learn to inform as a manifester, it softens the impact because people can, they kind of are more sure of like what we're going to do. They're more prepared for the movement, right? So if I'm going to book a vacation, typical manifestor style would be to just book the vacation and tell your partner later, right? That's kind of manifestor right. style. I'm going to go to the gym. And when I get home, you know, your partner may say, where'd you go? <laughs> That's kind of how a manifestor works. Is we just go, we get an inspiration and we initiate. When we stop to inform people, what we're doing is we're again, kind of people can get on board or get out of the way, right? They can be like, okay, I know what she's doing. I'm either for it, or I can just go do my own thing. So it lessens the resistance so that we can be in our creative flow. We can keep just going. Okay. So right. two in four is the key. And this again, just lessens the resistance. So you feel more peaceful in your process rather than angry because people keep questioning you and interrupting your process. Okay. So right. Right. The manifester to inform as unnatural as it is for us to say it. It's like, we're nonverbal beings. We're, we're a lot of that masculine energy. We're actually yang yang energy of just go. <laughs> so it takes a lot of practice. That's why I teach feminine energy because it took me a long time to lean into the yin side of my energy. Yeah. Okay. So That's awesome. Have, yeah. So projectors we talked about is wait for the invitation. When you're invited into something, whether this is invited into a job, invited into um, like someone asks you to be their coach, right? Invites you into their space that way. You can even ask for an invitation. Do you mind if I share my opinion? right? You can ask for the invitation, but that's what you're waiting for. And anytime you're invited and it's in alignment with your inner authority, what feels right for you, right? You're not just saying yes to every invitation. We still have to use discernment of what's correct for us. But when we're invited, it creates that recognition because um, projectors love to be seen, heard, and recognized for that wisdom. Then reflectors is to wait a whole lunar cycle because they have no discernment in their body. They have no inner authority. So their inner authority, their decision-making process, when they wait an entire lunar cycle, they can experience all the different energies and they can gain clarity. Okay. So those are the strategies. So for time's sake, I'm going to kind of dive into the inner authorities next. Okay. So inner authority sure, yeah. design is where are you meant to make a decision from your body? So we talked about the sacral is one. So from the gut and the pure generator, if it says inner authority sacral, or it says pure generator, pure manifesting generator, no emotions are clouding that gut response. It's purely just trust your gut. Okay. So sacral inner authority. Okay. Then we have an emotional inner authority, which is what I am. And you can have a sacral and an emotional, which is the two-part process. So it means you're going to get lit up by something, but then you have to give yourself space to feel your feelings before you proceed. You want to give it more time before you trust that in, in the moment decision, where a pure generator can really trust that in the moment decision. If you okay. are a manifester or a projector and you have an emotional authority, you have no gut response. So you really want to ride your emotional wave. You really want to give yourself space and time because you don't have that extra piece of guidance, right? You're waiting for the clarity. So an emotional wave is going to start out as nervousness or pessimism, or it can start out as excitement about something. The biggest thing I see is when 
and excited inner authority commits to something out of excitement and then they go home or they wake up the next day and they go, why the fuck did I commit to that? I don't wanna do that. And that's because they dropped out of the excitement into the pessimism. So the key is to wait to say, I'll let you know on Monday, when can I get back to you? Give me a few days, let me sleep on it. Those are the people who need the, that time to feel their feelings in order to be sure if that's the correct decision. Okay. Oh, that's and so even, interesting. Yeah. And even yes. in relationships or with kids, when you're emotionally defined, you have high frequencies of emotions, but it's normal for you. My boyfriend is a non-emotional sacral being, and I'm an emotional authority. To him, emotional emotions are uncomfortable. It's like this, I can't hold the wattage of that. But emotional people are often shamed into feeling like they're too emotional, they're too dramatic. So they shove it down and they suppress it. And that is their guidance. That is their intuition. So I love doing readings with emotional authorities because teaching them how to ride that wave to get the clarity is so powerful because you can learn to trust yourself without feeling indecisive. It's just a different way. Okay. And that would be so liberating too, because (laughs) like you said, like a lot of the time society, you know, when we are emotional, it's like, no, just like suppress it. Like don't fucking cry at work. Like, don't you dare fucking cry at work. Like that kind of thing. And it's like, Oh, but it's just, it's just the way that I am, or it's just like how I'm feeling right now. So that's just so empowering to know that if, if that's the part of your human design, there's a way to work with it to your (laughs) advantage. I love it. Superpower. Yeah. You're here to be emotional, but you have to just understand how to process that and how to work with it. Absolutely. Um, And then we have a mental projector or a mental inner authority. And that one is more like they have to hear themselves talk. So it's not so much you're wanting a friend to give you advice. You literally just need a sounding board or you need to journal it out. So it's like when you're talking things out, this kind of goes for the self-projected authority as well. It's like just talk things out. And the more you hear yourself talk through it, you're going to start getting your own clarity. You just have to hear it out loud or write it out. So for those authorities, that's kind of your process is have that person that can just be your sounding board, but not give you a ton of guidance or input. Okay. Right. Uh, we also okay, have yes. the ego in our authority, which would mean you have a defined ego or heart center. We won't have time today to dive into all the chant or all the centers, but that's okay. Um, and so the ego authority is very much follow your passion, follow your heart, not your mind, not the shoulds, but that really deep felt pull or passion towards something, right? It's a very driven person who has the the ego and they tend to be a manifester, ego manifester, because the inner authorities kind of have hierarchies. So your emotions will always rule every other emotional authority. If you have that defined, if that's open, Mm -hmm. then you'll have the sacral that will override. Then you would have the splenic, which I'm going to talk about next. So they kind of have a hierarchy of how they work. So the splenic inner authority would be a very intuitive person who it's like, you just know, like an inner knowing, right? Like, I don't know why, but I'm getting a bad feeling about that house. Um, I like that inner voice that says, don't get in that car or you need to leave him. Or it can be a good thing of like, do it, go for it. Do them now, call them now, right? It's that really deep inner knowing in the moment. It's almost like uh, animalistic intuition, right? Right. Yeah. Like just that pull you feel like. Yes, yeah, it's not a response. It's not an uh-huh. It's just a, I don't know why. I just know it's correct for me. It's like it's just a deep intuitive feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the splenic one. 
And I believe that's all the inner authority. So yeah, so everyone has a different spot where they're really meant to pull from and trust. And that's why I love teaching intuition of like, how do you tap into your own intuition, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh my the, goodness. The starting point. So if you're new to human design, that's where you want to start. What is your energy type? What is your strategy? And what is your inner authority? All of the centers, the gates, the channels, and the profile is to be dove into after that, right? And in a reading, we kind of go through it in order. I can't say that word. Uh, we go through it in order so that you can integrate it into that order as well. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Yeah, this is so, so fascinating. Yeah. This is so fascinating. So if a listener right now, like, it's like, yeah, Cindy, sign me up. Like where can, where can people connect with you to book a reading with you, book a session with you? I feel yeah. like this is just huge. Every single person needs to do this. Like yeah, it's life changing. Yeah. So I do all my readings live on zoom. So they're recorded for you. You get to keep them to re-listen to, and you can ask any questions we have. They're typically an hour reading for one chart. Relationship readings are a little bit longer. And then family readings are usually close to around two hours, depending on how many kids there are, <laughs> how many charts okay. you're diving into. Um, so that length of time depends on that. Just send me a private message. That way we can figure out what reading is the best for you and what avenue is the best for you to go down. So on Instagram, I am at Cindy Regier, C-I-N-D-Y-R-E-G-I-E-R. -E -E and I am Cindy Regier on Facebook as well. So either place, you can send me a DM or you can email me Cindy underscore Regier at hotmail.com. So nice and simple to find me that way. And just, yeah, reach out with any questions. Um, if you, you know, if you want to know if human design would help in a specific area, I would love to chat with you. Okay. Oh, that's so awesome. And your Instagram is so helpful. You're awesome. just full of knowledge. Um, that's just so great. Thank you so much. Um, sure. so my Thank last you. question for you, Oh, this has been freaking awesome. I was so excited to chat with you. Um, so my last question, and it's always the same, um, because my mission with the School of Female podcast is to empower each other, to learn from each other. I feel like us as women, like we go through so many different life experiences and we can all learn and benefit from that. So my question to you is, what is the best either piece of advice or something that you have learned that you know would help another woman? Yeah. Yeah. This is a good question. So, Hmm. I don't know necessarily if it's like, I guess it's advice, but aligned action. So I find so many entrepreneurs, so many women that come to me, no matter what they're trying to create, whether it's a better relationship, personal development, online business, we're, we're constantly trying to take action and hustle and go, and we're trying all the things, but we're forgetting to energetically align first. So I think the biggest thing that I learned through my own journey and through my own coaches is it's energy first, it's alignment first, it's satisfaction first, self-care first, then inspired action will come out of that. And that action is going to be far more, um, you know, abundant and far more impactful, impactful, exactly. Yes. Then when we're just trying to you know, throw things at the wall and see what sticks. So I would say first and foremost, slow down, stop the hustle for a minute and realign first. So it feels good, right? It feels peaceful. It feels satisfying. You feel like you're getting that recognition, right? We're aligning first with our energy and then the inspired action feels so much better. So that would be my advice. <laughs> I love, amen to that. I love yeah. that. Cindy, thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with us today. I appreciate it so much. 
and have an amazing day. You too. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're feeling inspired and motivated to live well and to live a life you love. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, comment, and subscribe so you never miss out on future conversations. Don't forget to follow me on social media at The School of Female and to visit the blog at theschooloffemale.com. Have a fantastic week, girlfriend, and I'll catch you next time. 